Our second scripture reading comes to us from the Gospel of John, chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. You can find that on page 102 in the Pew Bibles in the New Testament section. As Jesus walked along, he saw a blind, a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's work might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he said this, he spat on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud on this man's eyes, saying to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? And some were saying, it is he. Others were saying, no, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, then how were your eyes open? And he answered, the man called Jesus, made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. And they said to him, where is he? And he said, I do not know. The Gospel of the Lord. This sermon is part one of a three-part sermon. The second act will follow in one week. In two weeks, we're going to take a diversion for a wonderful celebration of our new birth as Christians. And then we will conclude March with the final sermon in this series. So, you know, weekly attendance is a good thing. And I urge you over the next few weeks to read John chapter 9. That's where these three sermons come from. He was sitting in the same spot he always sat. Rain or shine... Warm or cold, seven days a week. Work for everyone else was prohibited on the Sabbath, but the beggars were tolerated so almgivers could make donations. Besides, no one respected what they did as work. There was a definite pecking order to the begging spots in the city. Those in the best spots had been there the longest, or they had friends that looked out for them. He didn't have the best spot, but he managed to stake out a decent corner by persistence. He did all right as a beggar by chatting up those who came by to give him alms. At the end of the day, one of his parents would come to get him. Actually, they came to get his money and use it as they saw fit. After all, they had to take care of him instead of he caring for them, as was expected. He was born blind. He relied on his other senses, particularly his hearing, 
and a sharp sense of direction to survive. From his spot, he heard all the news from out-of-town travelers. He heard local rumors. He heard about business deals being made. He heard the rumblings of the religious leaders. Plenty of talk was about some new teacher on the scene. Really had the religious leaders perturbed. This fellow, Jesus of Nazareth, was causing quite a stir. This Jesus preached some of the same things that the other rabbis taught. Love God, love your neighbor, practice righteous behavior. The problem was this Jesus hadn't been taught by a respected and learned rabbi. And that rankled a lot of the other religious leaders. And from time to time, this Jesus made some really audacious statements. Because it was the Sabbath, there were no traders, no animals loaded with goods for the market, all foot traffic. He sat on his corner and shouted loudly, trying to attract the attention of those passing by. God will show you great mercy if you show mercy to a man born blind. God loves those who care for others. Take mercy on me and my plight. The coins rang in his basket, in the baskets of the other beggars around him. Passers were sure that God loved them for the gifts they bestowed that day on those who were less fortunate. The beggar's sharp ears perked up as he heard a larger group coming. The group stopped in front of him where he sat, and he heard the following question. Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? We might find that to be a strange and even a rude question. But this blind beggar was used to these kinds of questions. Often the religious leaders and their students would move through a crowd of beggars using their various afflictions as a starting point for a conversation. The beggars learned long ago, don't take offense. In fact, being friendly and receptive and humble, even if it was all an act, usually helped get a few extra coins in the basket from teacher and students. This rabbi didn't bother debating with the disciples, either of the two possibilities they had suggested. He didn't spend time on the theology of sin and punishment. Instead, he said, no one sinned. He was born blind so God could work through him and reveal more of God. The answer, might make us uncomfortable, perhaps even more uncomfortable than the original question, but the story isn't going to wait for our discomfort to subside. No, this rabbi is moving and doing. He moves closer to the blind beggar. The beggar strains his ears, listening for the familiar plink of coins in the basket. But then he realizes the teacher was squatting right in front of him. We have to do God's work while it's still daytime. Night is coming and no one will be able to work then. I'm here and I'm the light of the world. 
the beggar's heart jumps as he realizes the teacher squatting in front of him is none other than this Jesus everyone is talking about. This Jesus has the habit of saying these incredibly beautiful and outlandish things like, I am the light of the world. He hears Jesus spit and hears fingers on the ground in front of him working the soil. And then he feels Jesus' hands moving across his face and Jesus' fingers are smearing something over his eyes. Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. He forgets his basket. He forgets his coins. He forgets everything. His heart is burning with a strong desire to obey this command. He jumps to his feet, finds the wall of the building behind him. He could navigate to the pool. It was close by and near the path he usually traveled every day. And he moves as fast as he could for a blind man, but far faster than a blind man should try to move in a crowded street. He ran into a number of people. He knocked a few of them down. A few of them knocked him down. Most thought him a madman because of his old clothes and the mud smeared on his face. The beggar forges on. Finally arriving at the pool, he falls on his knees and he plunges his face into the water. He scrubs the mud away from his eyes. And as he did so, sensations course through his face he has never experienced before. He lifts his head from the pool and opens his eyes and he's overwhelmed by light. His eyes try to focus, but they just hurt and water. His mind struggles to deal with input it has never experienced before. He's taking in all these images of the world around him. It was too much, too much to handle all at once. He sank back to his knees while his mind and his body tried to take it all in. Not knowing what else to do, finally he struggles back to his feet and sets out to return to his spot among the beggars. The journey is quite challenging with this new sense he's never used before. His balance is off. The sights of people overwhelm him. He finds himself closing his eyes often on the return trip just so he can check his bearings. He arrives and settles back into his normal spot. His fellow beggars who are sighted look at him in amazement by the way he's moving, by his changed appearance of his eyes. They can tell he's now been given the gift of sight. And so we await the congratulations, the shared joy, the laughter, we're waiting for a celebration, a beggar party that rocks the city, but it never comes. It starts as muttering. You can see. You don't need to beg anymore. Go home. Get a job. I get his spot. No, I get his spot. 
the formerly blind beggar realizes that not only does he have his sight, but now he's lost his livelihood. Before the other beggars start to do him physical harm, he rouses himself. He leaves his money from the day for others to fight over and heads for home. He never makes it that far. As he entered the neighborhood where he lives, he meets some of his neighbors. And they recognize him and stop him, wondering why he's home so early in the day. And then they realize he can see. Look, he has sight. No, that must be a relative that looks like the old blind beggar. This can't be the neighborhood's blind beggar. It's me. It's really me, the formerly blind beggar says. Well, if you're the blind beggar, then why can you see? And so he recounts his story, telling them about meeting Jesus and the mud and the instructions to go wash. So where is Jesus now, they ask him. I don't know. This blind beggar can now see. And yet, despite this amazing happening, there so far is little sense of joy in our story. The works of God performed in our world that so often is filled with darkness is so out of sync with the values of the world they're not always met with applause and appreciation. God's works upset the social order, like putting beggars out of business. Our beggar has physical sight, but he still doesn't know Jesus. His quest and his search have to continue. Is this a story about healing? Yes, but John weaves much more into the fabric the healing we need goes much deeper than just our physical bodies. Like the beggar, we spend our lives begging for scraps when God would open our eyes so we can get out and go into the world. And the healing we need isn't just personal. Our society, our world is filled with darkness and blindness. Miracles that should bring joy are often greeted with skepticism and anger. Where do our eyes need to be opened? Where is our blindness so deep that it's as though we have been blind from birth? Where's their blindness in our community? What miracles of healing are happening that we are quick to disbelieve? What are we holding on to that makes us blind? What healing is Jesus offering to perform in our lives? What healing might we want to resist because finally seeing the world like Jesus is going to disrupt our lives so deeply? Perhaps a good day, a good place to begin today is with the disciples' question and Jesus' response. What questions do we ask that show we have it all wrong? What judgments about others are we quick to make and show our own blindness? Why was this person born blind, Jesus? Who's the real sinner? 
But Jesus isn't really interested in debating with us about who's the real sinner, who's the greatest sinner, just on spreading healing mud. Why did that person become a drug addict, Jesus? Who's to blame? But Jesus isn't interested in sorting those details out, just in providing that addict enough support to get treatment. Why does that mother with three children fill her shopping cart with so much junk food, Jesus? Where did she learn that bad habit? But Jesus is more interested in talking to the woman and learning the names of the three children. Why does that young man have so many tattoos and piercing Jesus? How much money has he wasted on that? But Jesus is more interested in hearing the story behind the picture of the hawk on his arm and telling him the colors are amazing. When the why questions about others arise, Jesus invites us instead to get to know someone else. It's a chance to recognize our own blindness and have Jesus open our eyes. Because Jesus wants to show us how to love. It's a chance to give the kind of gift that Jesus gave that day. The gift of touching another person. Amen.